Well, but hello, Alan. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Yay. I'm so glad. We still had trouble. We called AT&T and they're working on our cell tower here and they're not going to be done until the end of the day today. So I've lost a lot of calls. Okay. Um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. I, um, if this works, then we'll go ahead and do that. If it doesn't, I'll just call you on the phone and record it. Sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. So let's just start. Maybe everybody knows me. So why don't you just introduce yourself? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Alan Wilcox. So I, um, I'm a nurse anesthetist. So I'm a, mm -hmm. a nurse practitioner with, um, advanced training in anesthesia. So I do anesthesia, awesome. uh, just as a anesthesiologist. Um, and I started an anesthesia practice called advanced anesthesia services in about 2013. Um, and because ketamine is an anesthesia drug and we already had a, uh, a business structure set up. Um, sure. I'd seen the benefits of, of ketamine and read the research and very, very interested because, um, well, for one thing, my, my father committed suicide. Um, oh. Mental illness is a, is a big thing in our family, for sure. I think it, it okay. touches a lot of families and it touches mine, for sure. Right. Um, and seeing the benefits of ketamine and already being familiar with the, the medication, um, my wife and I decided to start a ketamine clinic. I, I had called other people in the country who had already done this. Um, we were probably one of the top or the, the first, I would say, 20 or 30 ketamine clinics in the country. Wow. Um, now there's about 600. So we were, we were pretty new into it. Oh, my um, goodness. There is yeah. 600 now, huh? I, that's what the number I heard from, uh, from someone. So sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but there definitely there's quite a few. Um, so we set up the ketamine clinic in 2017 in just a small location in Bellevue um, and had some of my anesthesia providers administering ketamine very, purely as a medical um, treatment, uh, as a drug that we were treating depression with, um, not the not on the mental health side at all with therapy or anything, right. um, but still saw just like almost unbelievable results right from the very first few patients um, and realized, hey, this is this is neat. We're on to something. Um, Right. And decided that that um, that we could kind of take this and run with it and really help a lot of people. So that's kind of my story and how the, the clinic started. Um, at this point, we still have the anesthesia company that's doing very well. Um, and, and we kind of feed our family and pay our mortgage with the profits from that company. Mm -hmm. The ketamine clinics at this point are, are really, honestly, a labor of love. I mean, we, sure. we're not there to make money. Um, and to profit, we're really there to, to help people and save lives. Um, that and in fact, is wonderful. That, and I think most of us can agree that go into mental health. Um, and thank you. That's a great introduction. Because I think most of us that go into um, the helping professions, whether it be, um, you know, the, the front line or behind mm -hmm. the scenes kind of people were affected in some way in their life. And it mm -hmm. is a labor of love. I, 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 I don't know if people really understand that, especially right. as, a, as a business owner, how much money you put into and um, the, the complexities of insurance and um, mm -hmm. all, all of that stuff that go, goes into, into it. So yeah, I, I too was affected by, um, suicide um my 
boyfriend when I was in high school that I actually lived with in high school committed suicide. Um, you know, the day after I broke up with him. Oh no. And so, um, it was, it was, it's quite traumatic to lose somebody that you wish you could have done something differently. So I really appreciate that a lot. So I think that's, that's, it helps us because we're not scared of suicide. So Mm-hmm. In this, in a sense, it's, it's, um, a lot of people won't deal with eating disorders, a therapist, because they're scared of the suicide aspect or the death a- aspect of it, um, mm. because it's, it's such a scary mental illness. So, yeah. um, that tends to be my specialty, but I do everything from couples counseling to, um, individual and, and families. Okay. So, um, and I should say, you know, we started the, the clinics as a medical treatment because we are in anesthesia, although we all are nurses, too. Yeah. Um, but we've since added therapy. So now the therapy is a part of our treatment, um, one of our, our options, too, because that's so important uh, also. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on with our patient population, and the more support we can give them, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so needed, especially right now. And mm-hmm. um my sister back home is a nurse practitioner and teaches the um, doctorate program um, back, back in Utah where I'm from and, and um, is also works out of a small town in Idaho where uh, uh, we have family as well. So I, I guess my first question is for people that don't know anything about it and suffer from depression, Mm -hmm. what would, you explain ketamine is and what would you explain a session would look like if they were to come in and um, not knowing anything what do you explain to them i usually start um just explaining this is it's a brand new medication just because other medications have failed you Mm -hmm. doesn't mean ketamine's not going to work Um, it works with our, our numbers are about 80% of people have a 50% reduction in their, you know, their reported symptoms. Um, wow. So it really works. And, and just because, you know, you feel like you're at the end of the rope doesn't mean that this isn't going to help. Um, and I try to give them hope that way. Um, yeah. Then explain how ketamine works. It works. I'll give you the abbreviated version because I could talk about this all day. But, <laughs> sure. Uh, but it works ba- two ways, I think. I think one way is it does work in this medical way where it goes in and does something totally different than any other drug, any legal drug, at least right now, is it goes into the brain, releases glutamate, which is a different neurotransmitter than we're used to seeing. And it's, uh, and glutamate in turn releases growth factors into the brain. So releases something called BDNF, uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which regrows your brain cells. So that's one way is it goes in there and it regrows your brain cells. So I think that, you know, traditionally we're told that depression is a, uh, well, in the last 50 years, we've been told it's it's a chemical imbalance, right? We don't have enough serotonin or dopamine or whatever, or norepinephrine, whatever. Um, I think that now we're also seeing that it's a structural problem. I mean, that the nerves really aren't connecting, right? And if we take biopsies of, you know, animal brains who have been put into depressed situations or stress, Mm -hmm. we can see that. So ketamine heals that. So it's actually going in and healing the brain, um, which is amazing. And that's why from a medical standpoint, it works really well. And very quickly that healing and those changes in the neurons happens really within hours. It starts happening instead of weeks and weeks. Um, 
That's and and actually, actually, some of the SSRIs do that over a long period of time. They also start regrowing brain cells a little bit through a different pathway and different okay. way of doing it. But, um, but we do it very quickly. Um, and then the other way it works is ketamine is a psychedelic medication. So, mm-hmm. so it's strange. It's weird, and it brings apart around um, new thoughts or new ways of looking right. at the world mm-hmm. and epiphanies. Mm-hmm. And so sure. that's the other way you can really use it as a pivot point in your thought process and in the way that you're seeing your stressors or your situation or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and and really work that way. So that's how I try to explain it to people that that it does have a medical basis. I mean, this isn't just you're coming in for a trippy, you know, drug experience, but it does also have that kind of trippy experience where you can have new insights into your life. And especially if you're guided with a therapist or whether it's one of ours or one of your own who can kind of help you make sense of those, those um, new ways of thinking. Um, Sure. A session, um, we do ours, ketamine can be administered um, many different ways. It can be administered intramuscular through a shot. Um, Johnson mm-hmm. Johnson has Spravato, which is an intranasal um, form of ketamine. Oh, okay. um, people take lozenges. There's a place called Mind, uh, Mind Bloom right now that sends lozenges to people in the mail and they take them at home. Oh, um, okay. Which I'm not sure I agree with, but... yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really, it's, it's not administered by a, a by, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it not, it, it's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Like, managed. like it's yeah, not, it's not managed. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say supervised or, or something yeah, like that. Like, exactly. Supervised. And I would worry about someone standing up and too fast and being dizzy and falling and hitting their head in their home alone or something. Yes. So, yes, exactly. So in our clinic, we only do intravenous. Um, okay. We've tried other forms. We've tried mm-hmm. intramuscular, we've tried intranasal and, and honestly, they just don't seem to work as well from our experience. Okay. Um, most of the research done over the last 20 years has been on intravenous ketamine. So people come in with us and they get an IV, which some people are nervous about IVs. We try to, you know, do our best to, you know, calm that, those, those fears. But sure. you come in, get an IV, the set and the setting and where you get, because this is a strange drug and a psychedelic experience, mm-hmm. where you're getting it's very important. So the set, meaning your mindset and, and the mm-hmm. preparation that you do beforehand and the setting, meaning our, you know, our environment. So we really pay right. attention. I mean, it's, it's a difficult clinic to manage because everything matters the way yes the way you come into the clinic is the way your infusion is going to go so we really try to manage um our staff to be aware of that so even from the receptionist to the nurses everyone is making sure there's no conflict and no you know nothing that's going to set someone off and, and have a bad experience so right yes yeah so they come in they get their iv um, music's very important. We help them pick a, a playlist and there's playlists on Spotify. There's kind of some specialty music programs out there that yeah. are designed for this. Um, a lot of patients will wear eye masks and our rooms are just dimly lit, you know, comfortable recliners. Mm-hmm. For us, we're one-to-one. So you have a nurse or a nurse practitioner uh, with you the whole time um, during the infusion. So they would start the infusion you're getting vital signs taken throughout so we can tell uh, if your blood pressure is fine. We still treat it like a medical condition, which some other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we monitor you. Um, the infusion's about 40 minutes. Um, okay. During that time, we start uh, the first infusion starts at a fairly low dose um, to where you're still in control. You know what's going on. Everything's fine. And then we slowly, gradually 
um, step up that dose until we find what's an effective dose for you. So, you know, everyone's got an effective dose that's different. Right. Whereas, you know, a doctor would have take weeks and weeks to try to adjust your, you know, Prozac or, you know, Wellbutrin or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, we can do it within a week or two and then find that dose that works for you. Um, um, after the infusion, we, we have kind of a period of time where you just kind of relax, make sense of what just happened in your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, the nurse is still there. Come back sure. to earth. It only takes maybe 15, 20 minutes to really come back to where people feel pretty normal. Um, your body's okay. still out of whack. There's a lot of depth perception and off balance, um, right. but your, your mind feels pretty clear. Um, so the, the whole session's about an hour and a half. And then obviously you can't drive after that. So we, uh, we walk you out to your ride and, and let you go home. Um, the normal sure. infusions, six infusions over three weeks. Um, if someone chooses the therapy route, then there is therapy on top of that. So there's a couple therapy sessions before your first infusion, mm-hmm. and then there's a therapy session a day or two after each infusion. So you have a lot of therapy that's really designed. Our therapists are, are certified in um, mm-hmm. ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of specialized. We're not sure. we're not saying, you know, tell me about your mother. We're, we're really yeah. just trying to, trying to make sense of the experience and getting the most out of this ketamine. Um, and that's it. After that six weeks, it's it's not a cure. People aren't cured for life. So we start people on a maintenance schedule where they come in usually around every six weeks, but everyone's different and get one infusion and just kind of keep on going. And the goal there is to spread those out further and further until you don't need it because it really does heal the brain and then heals your way of thinking to where, you know, eventually, you know, most people are able to, to stop coming in and still do really well. Perfect. I, I, I think those are great statistics. Um, 80% of your clientele sees a 50% reduction of symptoms of depression. And our average reduction is 74%. So the average person, their reduction in symptoms is about 74%. Wow. Um, So people Um, do amazingly well. Yeah. That is um, not something I'm not surprised. And I think that why it's popular is because um, anyone who's um, experimented with psychedelics knows that it can be that pivot or that shift in your life mm-hmm. and that uh, people have that uh, epiphany. But mm-hmm. the nice thing that it it is opening doors to people that have never had that opportunity to mm-hmm. experiment mm-hmm. Um, and were scared of mm-hmm. uh, trying a street drug. Because um, ketamine was, you know, um, part of rave culture in the 90s. It was not as big as um, um, EMDA, mm-hmm. which is known as ecstasy. And it wasn't as big as, as acid or, or um, some of the other things that were involved. But um, it was called a Special K. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they you know, what they call it now, but (laughs) who knows? But I think as a therapist, it has the potential to open this door to the average person that might be um, 50 or 60 or 70 Mm -hmm. or 80 that has gone through a lifetime of struggle and has never felt good and has suffered with depression throughout their life what it does 
Uh, what I'm thinking is it opens the door for those neural pathways to see what pleasure and happiness feels like. Right. And a connection with the universe. We have also a spiritual pathway. Well, I, I hesitate to call it that. We're calling it the healing pathway Yeah, that, that we're starting now. It's going to be a new kind of offering for us that's not therapy. It's coaching yeah. instead of therapy and, mm-hmm. and the, the whole goal of this program is to get people to have some kind of a spiritual connection um absolutely. through through the psychedelics and, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right i'd say two-thirds of our patients are who you just described people right. who would normally not do something like this um, mm-hmm. and are kind of scared to do it but mm-hmm. but they're willing to do anything right now and, and they come in kind of skeptical and, and very nervous and they right. do well yeah yeah and i think that having that management behind it is the key because you're not with a bunch of say, I mean, no offense to 20 year olds, but 20 year olds (laughs) at a party, you know, that you're actually with somebody who is educated and um, knows how to uh, talk someone, let's say off the, off the ledge. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. be able to have some compassion behind it and some knowledge behind it. So I love, I love that. Um, Have you had any struggles or failures that you didn't foresee with, with uh, ketamine in your, in your clinics? Um, People do talking about um, struggles. We do have patients who have, well, I'd say almost everyone at some point has kind of a bad trip a really yeah. negative trip where they go to a bad, a dark place or, mm-hmm. um, or there's, you've probably heard of ego death or ego mm-hmm. dissolution. Mm-hmm. Some people get to that point where they kind of feel like they've died. Um, yeah. and it's scary. We try to prepare people for that, but those things are scary for people. Honestly, I, I don't have evidence of this, but I think people who go through that kind of do better, um, yeah. overall yeah. with treatment. Yeah. They get yeah. through a hard time and, and it gives them some strength that they, mm-hmm. you know, have learned. Um, so that's yeah. one. And, and a lot of our people are acutely suicidal and mm-hmm. um, sadly we have lost people. We've probably lost that I know of probably six or seven people mm-hmm. over the years. Um, there's probably more that I don't know about, um, mm-hmm. which is, it's devastating for everyone because we get really attached to, to our people. Um, we, re- we really do. And it's part of that, um, that unspoken about side of mental health is losing people that we care about because we do bond with with Mm -hmm. our clients and it is about a relationship Mm -hmm. um and so i wonder if sometimes they feel like this is a last ditch effort and then if that doesn't work that you know that may be but that's part of that desperation that is continually part of that thought process mm-hmm. that that myself as a therapist work with people on stepping outside of that that um, consistent language of of negativity and, yeah and that those cognitive distortions of well that you know what what is truth what is based in reality and what is perception mm-hmm. so um i i had let's see i have a list of questions but 
I'm, I'm kind of just going with this conversation. I, I wanted to see where you thought and what you thought about your clinics adding on psilocybin into uh, your clinics. Did you, do you think that that would be part of your future? Um, to be honest, I don't see that as part of our future. Um, okay. We're kind of, we're really happy with what we're doing and, and I feel like we're doing a good job and we're improving all the time. Um, psilocybin's not really as proven as ketamine at this point. Um, right. And it's also a lot longer uh, duration. So where ketamine's half-life is a couple hours, uh, I don't know what psilocybin is, but I bet it's eight hours or something. Mm -hmm. It's a lot longer, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is really hard to figure out, like, how would we do that, you know, logistically? Um, right. But, but really, I think that we've tried different things. Like I said, we've tried intermuscular. We've tried different ways of doing ketamine. And we've really narrowed down to this is this is what the science backs up. There's just thousands of studies that show that this is what works, what we're doing. Um, and, and we're seeing it working with our patients and, and we've got a really great system. And we, I personally am probably not going to add anything else unless there's just overwhelming evidence that it's working better than ketamine. Um, right. And then, then I would, but it, but it's really interesting. I mean, I'm mean, a lot of people in our, in our clinics are really very interested in, in psilocybin and some of the other mm -hmm. things that are coming out. Um, right. And I think it has a lot of promise. I just don't know for us if it's a good fit for our clinics. Right. And I, I think that as a medical provider, um, you know the background behind ketamine. You, you know the mm -hmm. studies and the research um, that backs it up. And there's just little research because it's not used in hospitals. I mean, one thing that um, a friend of mine that worked in the ICU was ketamine is used in the ICU because mm -hmm. it doesn't interfere with... Um, the airways, right? Right. And, yeah. And so you're not going to stop breathing on it. And so they'll give it to uh, patients in the ICU. Whereas we don't have any information, any statistics, any studies on uh, psilocybin. So it would be kind of out of that comfort zone and a risk. Right. Right. I mean, right. we know that ketamine is just extremely safe. Like it's right. the number one used anesthetic for children in emergency rooms if a child right. goes in. So, so uh, there's just a lot of trust build up there. And right. um, yeah, and, and I, I'm interested in all this. The other things, there's just so much coming out. It's a really exciting time right now for this. Um, but yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'm boring. I think that this works and we're just really going to keep it simple and, and stay with what works until we find something better. No, I don't think it's boring at all. I think that if you're doing something well, stay with that. It's the people that dabble into like if you're if you're if you're McDonald's, stay with burgers or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And don't sure. start doing all of the no the, tacos, the the tacos and pizza and everything. Right. <laughs> so I don't think it's boring. I find it really fascinating, and I'm I'm wondering what is the what would be the cost for people that are interested? What what is the cost out of pocket? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's not inexpensive is, is kind of the problem. Um, okay. We're, like I say, we're, this is a little bit of a, a, a labor of love. We're trying to keep the cost down for everyone. Um, but our infusions are 500 each. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have to do six to start. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't let people come in for just one or two because there's a, there's a growth, there's a curve here of how people respond. Some people respond sure. after one or two, some are four or five, six. Um, mm -hmm. So we really want people to commit to the six. 
So the initial investment at our clinic is $6,000, sorry, $3,000 for the six infusions. Um, And then we do super bills. So people who have out of network um, benefits usually get between 30 and 50% back. So depending on your out of network benefits, you know, you can submit that. I'm surprised that insurance companies would even give them that much. Well, what's great is since we are medical clinic and and we're doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, with IVs, you don't really get, get money back for the ketamine. um, Although it's included on the super bill, you get money back for like the IV placement, the IV fluids, the monitoring by the nurse, all the medical side of it. We can, we can do that. Um, if you just went to your insurance company and said, will you cover in uh, ketamine infusions since ketamine's off label for this use? Um, right. Most of them say no. Although we've had a few people fight and, and get their treatments fully covered. Um, so it's That's not, awesome. it, it's worth trying. Um, and if you get the right rep on the, on the line, who's willing to fight for you, um, some people get it covered, but, but it's not inexpensive. Nice. And that's the drawback. I think right now there's a big push to, try to figure out how, how can we keep the quality up? Um, mm-hmm. Because we are one-to-one with a nurse. I mean, very, very supervised. Uh, yeah. How do we keep the quality up and the safety up and make it less expensive? Um, and the only way that we see to do that is to spread it out and to have one nurse watching two or three patients, which mm-hmm. for, for most patients, that would be fine. But right. for a lot of people, they really need that one-to-one care. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are other clinics who are doing things like that. Um, people might have heard of Field Trip Health who just came into town mm-hmm. and they're doing something more like one therapist will monitor three or four patients at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think their, infusion, or their, uh, their ketamine treatments are, I believe they're $670 each, something like that. Mm-hmm. So okay. quite a bit more expensive. Um, right. And it'd be, it'd be wonderful if um, insurance would cover this and if we could fight for this coverage. I, that's what I foresee in the future is, is it being, um, coverage should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Equal for mental health. Yeah. Exactly. And I know that um, there has been some talk of, uh, you know, politicizing some of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I don't think it is a political issue. I think it's just, you know, mental health is part of uh, what's going on right now with everybody is the need for it and oh. how necessary it is. And I can't yeah. even answer all the calls I get. Oh, I bet. I mean, I have a wait list and it's, it's so hard. I, I don't even have anybody to refer them to. Yeah. So it's, it's just a real struggle, a struggle for people right now. It's we like need, even, yeah, we need yeah. so many more, more people like you out there. Oh, thank you. And, yeah. and, and, and same, I'm just so glad that, that, um, you're doing this. And I was, I was excited to see that you opened up in Tacoma and you're over there by, um, Alan Moore hospital, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're in a building that has a little, it's, it's connected to the emergency room. Actually, we try to stay close because 
like I say, we, we just have this medical focus that I can't just pull away from. So we no. stay, we stay close to hospitals and, and mm-hmm. I, we have our Seattle, we're reopening our Seattle one right across the street from Swedish medical center in awesome. a, a Swedish building. So we stay close to the hospitals just in case ketamine safe, but still a medical treatment. So. Absolutely. I think that's, that's great. And you're right there by um, the new mental health hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. That would be so wonderful for um, so many people to have access. Because for me, I have some clients that are resistant to SSRIs and mm-hmm. suffer from extreme depression. And uh, you know, there's, there's only so much meditation and therapy can do. Um, so to have a different avenue or another avenue for people to try yeah, doesn't hurt. Yeah. And, and it's so powerful and it's so different than anyone else has ever experienced that it can kind of be a jarring experience and jar them out of that rut. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is, and, and that's why, these kind of experiences have been around if you go back into studying the anthropology and the cultural aspect of this is each culture has has always had something that like the Yanamano tribe that is down in uh, South America as um, I, I forget what the drug it is that they take hmm. uh, but the then the, ayahuasca was that no, yeah, I don't believe different. that is it, but it's, it's, uh, geez, it's been, um, 30 years since I studied <laughs> them. So I would have to dig up, dig up that, that book, but it, yes, yeah. American the ayahuasca is, is definitely part of it. And then, um, peyote and mm-hmm. a, a natural drug to get yourself out of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that, like you were talking about the ego death. Um, getting outside and experiencing a different side of yourself mm-hmm. is uh, a big part of the human experience. And that's why people travel and why people um, want to find different experiences. Mm-hmm. So you're right. And, and, and for um, PTSD, I think that goes right with what you're saying. We, we treat a lot of PTSD and, and it's great for veterans and, and mm-hmm. which is really where, we need to start being able to do it is, is at the VAs and with veterans Absolutely. who have gone through trauma because it works so well because it does, it gets you outside of, of yourself and kind of lets you be the observer of the trauma without yes. the emotion attached and, and work yeah. things out. And um, I think that's probably what ketamine's the very best for is, is PTSD and trauma um, just fixing that. And I think there's some kind of dysfunctional pathways in the brain. This is just me talking. Yeah, absolutely. um, That ketamine can go in and rewire a little bit. So, Absolutely. And and what you were saying about maybe being accepted by insurance, um, a few years ago, I would have said, no way. This is never, I mean, this is, this is too controversial. You know, doctors would kind of shy away from us and opinions have changed so much just in the last Mm -hmm. few years that Mm -hmm. now I think, you know, at, at some point they're going to have to, uh, at least acknowledge this and, and make a formal decision about what to do because it's mm-hmm. just everywhere. I mean, people are, mm-hmm. are really interested in this now and it's just growing. So hopefully it, someday the, the, they'll catch up with us and insurance will pay. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm with you. I would have said a few years ago, I would have said no way ever, but 
we're at a crossroads with mental health and we see Mm -hmm. how needed all the avenues are because one thing might not work for, I mean, ketamine may not work for somebody, but with Mm -hmm. uh, PTSD, um, you know, there's, there needs to be something to be able to help people with what they're struggling with. And, you know, insurance should not be, um, the, the gatekeepers. Of, yeah. Of, Which sadly they are in so yeah, many ways. Yeah. 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 They really are because it's, um, basically the haves can, can have access to this and, and the have not. It's, um, uh-huh. it's, it's unfair as a provider. I'm in the same position as you. I mean, I have to pay my bills and so yeah. um, I take insurance, but I'm, o- I'm only paneled with two insurances because I, I honestly don't love them and I have to wait three months to get paid. And, and yeah. so there's, yeah. there's all these things that people, uh, you know, my car payment, they don't wait. Right. <laughs> they, they, they don't want to wait three months. Yeah. And so um, I think there's this lack of, of being able to, to, give everybody what they need and it, as it's it's hard it's, yeah. it's definitely hard as a provider but um emdr has been great for ptsd i've, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of um help with with clients that have ptsd and even eating disorders with with it so mm. it's it's been really helpful yeah yeah i've i've heard great things a lot of our patients have been through emdr so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think you're right. The more tools we have, the better. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. The, the more options people have. And, and it is heartbreaking, you know, especially as the owner of a clinic, knowing that the people who really need this the most can't afford it. And, yeah. and just trying to figure out a way to resolve that. I, I don't know what the answer is, but. Well, I think it's, it's having this conversation and conversations like this and I appreciate you coming and being able to be interviewed and be a part of this conversation. Because if we don't publicly have these conversations, people don't talk about it unless they have a prompt. And these kind of things can be a prompt for them to talk around the dinner table about it and um, advocate for insurance and mm-hmm. you know, and ad- advocate for new policy. Right, right. We just need to find the right person who's whose spouse is the president of an insurance company and, and, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> exactly. But the, the nice thing about the South sound is we're in Tacoma and Olympia, and this is where the laws are made and where we have mm. influence is yeah. a lot of people in Tacoma work in Olympia. They work with the legislators. They, they work with the lobbyists and they're being they're you know, our voices are being heard. Yeah. Uh, they're really being heard. So I'm, I'm glad you're in Tacoma. I'm glad you're in Seattle. And I'm, I'm, I hope that the rest of the country can benefit in some way. We will f- start to filter into the rest of the, of the country and not just the, you know, the coastal areas. Um, yeah. And so I think it in the next 20 years, we're going to see that for sure yeah i think we're not even to the starting line with with this and we're learning so much with with ketamine and with all these other medications so it's an exciting time it absolutely is well thank you alan for being a part of this and being interviewed i i so appreciate it 
And if anybody is um, looking into this treatment, um, where can they reach your clinics at? Oh, well, thanks. I didn't didn't expect uh, uh, (laughs) that (laughs) a plug. Um, But I appreciate it. So our uh, probably the best is just calling the clinic. It's uh, 206-309. Oh, my gosh, I've forgotten the number. Well, I will put it up in at the end of the podcast. I'll give you a link and a phone number to call. And yeah, I just, um, I hope people will find this interesting and share the podcast and give your clinic a call and uh, reach out. And, you know, there's, there's always help. There's yeah. always help out there. And I will also post the suicide hotline since. Yes. Alan and I are, are, are advocates with finding the help that you need, and there um, is always help for you if you're feeling uh, suicidal. So thank you, Alan, and I will let you go. I'm sure we both have. I have a session to do, and then, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure you have things to do, but um, I, I really appreciate you a lot. So thank you so much. Likewise. It's been really nice just getting to know you a little bit. And, and I, I wish you the best. And I'm so happy you're doing this podcast. And Okay. Take well, care. Thanks, Alan. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye.